Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at bluenile.com. And remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Please consider supporting Black Women United, YEG, for the protection and advancement of black women and girls in Alberta. You can learn more about them at bwunited.ca. They are always looking for donations and volunteers. So please, again, support Black Women United, YEG, for the protection and advancement of black women and girls in Alberta. Again, that website is bwunited.ca. Hey, this is Trevor from Halifax calling in to say that I support creative control on Patreon because I think long-form arts journalism is a crucial part of music culture and there's simply not enough of it out there today. Vish is a master interviewer, he lands great guests, and he has his finger on the pulse of the ever-changing music landscape both here in Canada and abroad. For all of these reasons and many more, I think you should support Creative Control on Patreon too. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash creative control today. I'm Bisha's wife, and I will love him no matter what you do. And now he has me on the record saying that. Watch the birds take their form. I see Maley Todd is a multi-talented musician, songwriter, dancer, singer, comedian, educator, and producer currently living in Los Angeles, California. Originally based in Toronto, Ontario, Todd emerged as a unique force in that city's underground music and arts communities, bringing different cultural expressions together like few of her contemporaries. Todd's latest album is Malu, an exploration of synthesized ambient music via a discontinued Japanese sequencer called the Tenorion, coupled with meditative and confessional lyrics. Malu is Todd's debut on Stone's Throw Records, which released it on March 4th, 2022, and that prompted Maley and I to reconnect for our first conversation in like 10 years, and we covered things like uh, being roommates with both a ball python snake and also her friend, the comedian, Eric Andre. 
The time I met Jake the Snake Roberts. The sound of Malu and the Tenorion. Mental health. The metaverse and a crash course in virtual reality. Why Minecraft and other gaming kids are the future. Upcoming tour dates. Other future plans. And much more. A part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners like you who follow and subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash creative control with additional support from Blackbird Music, a well-stocked record store with locations in Edmonton and Calgary, Alberta. And they got friendly staff there who will help you with everything you need, including special orders. You can learn more about them at blackbird.ca. Plus in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee, respectively, in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario. This is episode 676 of Creative Control, featuring the talented and hilarious Maley Todd with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Hi, Maley. How's it going? It's going good, Vish. How's it going with you? It's going well. Thank you very much. Uh, where in the world are you today? Right now, I'm in uh, South Pasadena in Los Angeles, California. Now, I don't know you as Pasadena Maley. I know you as Toronto Maley, and you might know yes. me as Guelph Vish, but I moved to Edmonton. You are you? Do you live in Pasadena now? I'm on a visa, so I'm here kind of temporarily, and I'm snake-sitting, uh, house-sitting a snake. So uh, what that means is, like, in L.A., there are these, like, really cool <laughs> situations where you can find free housing. Uh, but, yeah, I do have to take care of a, a ball python. A um, python? Holy yeah. shit. Those are... <laughs> That's a bit, how big is it? It's about the size of like the length is um, about the size of like to my finger to maybe my uh, shoulder, my opposite shoulder. Like uh, Oh, it's not massive. It's not massive. It's not massive, but it's still pretty big and like thick wise, which is something to pay attention to because that like, that's how, how much they should be eating. The thickest part of its body is probably about like my forearm. So I have to feed it like once a week two mice and they have to be live and I have to do the dangle because snakes are blind. What the hell? I've been to a pet (laughs) store and I've seen that. Where do you get the live mice from? Petco. There's a free plug for Petco here and now. So you go to the pet store and say, I need to have some food for my python. And they sell you, they sell you the, do they breed the mice as food? Yeah. They have a whole like, little like mouse jam in the back where you could buy mice because um, I guess snakes are quite common maybe out here or and it maybe it's just a thing I don't know snake culture that that much I've never really dived into it but do, do, <laughs> I mean it's what real you, so is that someone so you're you're doing this to house it like it's like a it's not like an Airbnb situation but it kind of is no, no it's no, not that it's, it's free it's free rent right it's rent free the deal is is that I have to take care of the snake um, yeah, change out its mulch once once a month, um, and like make sure it's like humidified. I have taken it out actually in the beginning, but lately it's been kind of angry because I think it misses its owner. It doesn't miss its owner. It's a reptile. They don't. They're not like snuggly types. But 
it's like I think it's getting bigger and it's like hungrier these days. So how um, old is a snake? I don't. I have no idea. No, no. Okay, so I don't know. What <laughs> is this an? Ad? Do you see this as like an ad? And you you call them and you say, yeah, I'll take care of your house and your snake. And then do they have to vet you to be like? I no pun intended with the vet thing. I mean, do they right. have to like check to see if you know how to take care of a snake or do they just assume you do? Like, how does that part work? Yes. Yeah, so on, on Facebook, there's actually like a page called uh, housing women of LA, which is like really great for these kind of arrangements. Um, so I'm in this group and um, so they put it up and then people chime in and then they like do like a zoom call or like a like FaceTime, whatever. And just, kind of feel out your vibes and just sort of see what your comfort level is with the snake. But mind you, there's a lot of this stuff with dogs, cats, like it's not yeah. just <laughs> for snakes specifically um, because some people can't, they can't like uh, sublet their place sometimes. Um, and like maybe, you know, people don't really want to like take care of like a pet, but if it's like for a free rent, I mean, that's not a bad idea. Right. No, and honestly, this yeah. is low maintenance. It's really low maintenance. Yeah. Have you do, have you done anything like this before with a different kind of animal? Dogs. Dogs. Actually, yeah, here in LA, yeah, for like a a week and some days, yeah, I like house sat and took care of two dogs that were very sweet. Had the person's car. R- right. No snake experience for you before this, really. Honestly, I think like I was a child when I like touched a snake. I like. Yeah, like at a, you know, at like a party or. Blah, blah, blah. A party? Something. You were at a party where there was a snake? I, I don't even know. Like, you know, like some Oh, like the snake wrangler came, Right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you touch a snake. I once, uh, when I was a kid, I once stood in line uh, in the cold with my father and passerby, or not strangers, strangers and my father stood in the line uh, to get into a jumbo video. Do you remember jumbo video? It was like a re- video rental. Like Candace Wonderland? No, 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 Were you, no. like in a music video? No, 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 no. Jumbo video. Oh, Jumbo video, like a blockbuster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you could rent I movies. I totally Yeah. Yeah, So right. th- for some reason, this Jumbo video in Kitchener was the promotional appearance place for Jake the Snake Roberts, the wrestler. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I think I just saw something like that on Instagram. Yeah. Did he do the hand thing and he'd like dress it up like a snake's no. hand? No, 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 no. He okay, had. He had. Else. No, he had a giant, giant boa constrictor that was named Damien, and he would have oh. it in a bag. It was like a World Wrestling oh. Federation wrestler, like a real deal wrestler. And he was just doing like a tour of promotion. So you'd go up. We all stood in the cold, and you'd go up, and you'd shake his hand, and he'd sign the Jake, I mean, not the snake, and he would snake, sign right. something for you. And then I became a little bit interested in snakes. I, I had a lot of snake books and stuff like that. So I was just curious if you ever had Ooh. much snake uh, research. Because you got to then, okay, so you put the mouse in. Sorry, I know this is not the point of this call. <laughs> but it's obviously, I love it. I totally love it. no, it's obviously fascinating. Like, I mean, I have so many questions because you've got to sleep in a place <laughs> with a snake. I wonder how long you get to stay in this house because it sounds like you're a transient person with these arrangements the owners away the house owners away but i assume they're coming back because they've got a snake yeah but i there's so many questions and i don't know what you want to feel but my one question is (laughs) you drop the mouse in the uh uh, no no you dangle the mouse oh you have to make it seem like game dangle you can't just put it in the thing and then the snake chases it around you can. So how it works is, I didn't know anything about snakes. Um, snakes are blind, apparently, like really, really blind. So they rely typically on their tongue. 
So, um, and ball pythons are really docile. They're oh. extremely docile. Ball, ball python, not, not boa, uh, but ball, like they, 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 they're docile. They're pretty scared. They're kind of scaredy cats. So they'll like, they'll, they'll hide their head in a ball. Um, and then you can kind of pick them up. And then when they're like relatively comfortable, they'll do something called periscoping. They'll lift their head up and they'll like check out their like zone. Okay. And um, that, which is like extremely intimidating <laughs> to like have a snake do that. But um, yeah, like you have to dangle it. The first mouse is it's two, two mice every Friday. The first one I dangle just so it can like grab it, see it, grab it. Cause there's a lot of stuff in its cage. If I was to drop the the mouse in there, it would like hide, poop everywhere. It'd be like a whole to do. So the first one I'll like dangle. The snake will be busy um, because when they're hungry, when snakes are hungry, they kind of just go for anything. So they could go for my wrist. Oh. Um, but while he's like busy, I'm like, then I'll take out all the other stuff in his cage so he can like have a better chance of like getting that second that second mouse. Holy shit! So the um, second mouse has to watch. That the the second mouse becomes cognizant of the fact that a first mouse has gone in and got eaten. I, so it's just like I try not to let them see it, to be honest, because it's a nightmare. Like I what try a disaster. not to let them watch. Yeah. I know it's it's honestly a nightmare. And like when the snake was shedding, when snakes shed, they don't eat, right? Because they're really really vulnerable. So they're even more blind. They like they have like they even like their eyes like just just haze over with the fog. Um, I'm not sure exactly what that is, but anyhow, during that process where they're really, really vulnerable, they don't eat. So I brought mice back and I was like, oh, I think it's starting to shed. And so it was starting to shed. So I had to house these mice for like a week. And I was just like, oh my God, I don't want to get like attached to you. I'm not going to name oh you guys. Oh my God. Like, you had to... They're so smart. They're so smart. Yeah, yeah. I think you're on the wrong side of the debate here. You should be on the mouse's, <laughs> the mice's side. I Anyway, that is so. How long are you in the snake house left? Uh, is it a, do you have a term? Do you have- um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm here till March, but I found a place recently in Highland Park, so I'm going to be slowly moving into there. Which is oh, great. that's like a yeah. hip Highland Park. That's a hip, cool place to live in it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so what do you? So you're on a work visa. I mean, I know you mainly as a musician. I know you as a comedian, a performer. A, I think you used to. It's been a while since we talked. How many times did we used to talk? I was talking to my wife about this the other day. Oh gosh. We used to talk all the time. Yeah, like when, like ten years ago or something. Yeah, like I when know. I was at CBC, definitely we would have done some yeah. conversations there, and uh, and I did I set up shows for you in Guelph or something, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so most, lo- most long relationship, yeah. but I've lost touch with you i'm sorry i don't know is it my fault is this my fault you know what i'm gonna say it's your fault yeah. for the public i mean uh, <laughs> fair enough that's fair <laughs> i no, think you... it's just one of those things you yeah. know and COVID, i think is just one of those things where yeah. you lose touch with a lot of folks yeah so how long have you been yeah. out of toronto like i i've been out of ontario for since like the end just the very very end of 2019 to like december 28th we got here or something uh, so then, you, you folks, mountain time, right? You moved out to Edmonton and yeah. what, what are your, like, is it okay if I'm asking you questions? Like why, why, <laughs> why the move? <laughs> okay. My wife's family is from Edmonton, uh, specifically. Nice. And, uh, you know, everyone's getting, uh, her, her siblings have children and, uh, her parents are getting older and, uh, uh, yeah. you know, Ontario is becoming kind of oppressive to live in because of the, uh, housing market. We were, yeah, uh, for four, sure. four, 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 uh, I don't know if you know this, I have two kids. 
Uh, and mm-hmm. we have, uh, yeah, we had four people in a two bedroom house and we could not for the life of us, we couldn't move. Like we would yeah. bid on houses and like, they'd say, no, like we, the, you've been outbid by tens of thousands of dollars, <sighs> like very common. It's even worse apparently now than it was when we were there. And then the job market, oh I, I didn't like, I, we needed new jobs. Like that's the easiest way to put it. We weren't really happy with our jobs. Michelle was commuting to Toronto. I wanted to be more in this realm, you know, talking. For sure. Anyway, so yeah, it was it was jobs, mm-hmm. housing, uh, family, uh, Alberta. I mean, it's been confusing, I will say, uh, to live in the place in the country that's having the most um, issues, if you will, with the pandemic and how to deal with it. So uh, yeah, so we moved for those reasons and we got... Well, I'm very, very fortunate. We have good paying jobs and working during the pandemic and and busy and kids are adjusting. It's been weird for the kids, of course. But uh, yeah, anyway, so that's uh, that's us. Thank you for asking. But how long have you been out of uh, Ontario? Uh, Only since September. Oh, okay. Yeah, so still still quite new here. Quite green, actually, here for sure. Okay, so so why why move to California? Well. I don't know, maybe some of the same reasons I can relate to you where you know our industry. We know our industry. We know we know our Toronto industry. The, the been, arts and culture industry in Canada generally is a difficult one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's very challenging. There's a lot of great people like Vish, like, you know, you talk to all these amazing, incredible people all the time, hmm. you know, such as yourself too, right? Hmm. Like, and yeah, there's a ceiling and there's only... I, I always feel like I'm starting from the beginning again, which is which is a, a great thing and like a humbling thing. But um, in terms of sustainability, uh, it just doesn't feel very sustainable here. I'm just seeing sort of how things are moving and how quickly things move and all the opportunities here. I, I will say this, like I do love Toronto, but there's there is just based on the industry, it's great to develop things, but for them to actually have legs sometimes you kind of need to go somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. You've been, so like, I, why have we not talked for 10 years? That's crazy. Uh, how, what have you been up to <laughs> since the last time we talked? You've been making records, you've been doing music, is that right? I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. I think so, yeah. Well, I, I yeah, just- Yeah, still uh, the same old thing. Same old thing, and but you hit your you hit your limit. So, so you moved to California with prospects, like this has become like the Grapes of Wrath or something. What, what was in California yeah. that drew you there? specifically was it just like i need to do this so i'm just going to try a different place i might as well pick california is that kind of where you were at do you have any contacts there or anything like that sort of i have contacts so just to really lay it out in before the pandemic 2019 i think it was 2019 or 2018 i came out here so i sometimes i come out here and i like teach do like mentorship stuff out here um what do you teach again um, mainly sorry to interrupt ableton Oh, you teach yeah, Ableton. No okay, okay. Ableton, yeah. yeah. And then when I was coming out here 2019 or 2018, I forget, uh, my friend who's a comedian, he had like a, he's like this project called Blarf. His name is Eric Andre. He's a very funny man. He has you, got like a you're friends with Eric house, Andre? So. Yeah, he oh. housed me for like four four months when I moved here. Since September or December, I was his roommate. <laughs> now, there will be, <laughs> some, my, there will be some people listening thinking, who is this person? They live with a snake and they lived with Eric Andre. <laughs> what wild times. You know, what is this person's problem? Don't they know how to choose a housemate? Eric has a reputation for being a wild and crazy person. Uh, is he pretty Absolutely. pretty chill otherwise? I've known Eric since 2016, 2015, 2016. To be honest, Eric is actually really well put together. His show, he's insane, but he... 
you know, does therapy. He's big into TM. He works out all the time. Like he's always, um, I love, I love actually watching him work because he's always teaching me something. He's actually very, very humble. Like when he's collaborating with people. I watched, so just, uh, I loved his movie that came out on bad trip. Was Bad Trip on Netflix? I want to say it was Netflix. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I loved it. I loved it. I, I enjoy Eric, so that's that's cool. So Eric was one of your contacts, and, and that was enough. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, well, what, what happened was uh, in 2019, I came out and I played his show. He knew that I was coming out. He's like, oh, I, I'm, like, going to do a show where he dresses up like Ronald McDonald, and he, his name is Blarf, mm-hmm. and he just makes music that's, like, unlistenable so he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like do the show. You gotta open for me. I'm like, oh my god, okay, obviously, of course. So he's under Stone's Throw Records um, already, and then Peanut Butter Wolf, who runs Stone's Throw Records, the label, he saw me play, and he's like, I'll sign ya. And I was like, Hollywood, this is, this is how Hollywood works. <laughs> I'm like I only see this in movies. I didn't think it was real. Well, I so, mean, Stone's Throw, legendary, legendary label. Legendary. I, I was so excited when I got this little uh, press release saying that you were on Stone's Throw. I'm like, oh my God, Maylee. I had the same. I was like, Hollywood, she made it. <laughs> Hollywood, she made it. <laughs> <laughs> like a, feeding a, feeding a, a snake. <laughs> like, where am I going to live next? <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> that's Hollywood for you, baby. <laughs> that's, that's, no, but that's great. I mean, you networked. You networked yeah. yourself into... Uh, a company, I guess, in a sense. So that's yeah, totally. So that's great. Yeah, uh, the music yeah. you, the music you made, uh, opening for. Sorry, when was that show opening for Eric? Then I think it was 2019, like pre-pandemic. The, maybe it was 2018 or 19. I don't, I don't remember. It was pre-pandemic when we could like travel back and forth, and we didn't know what hell was gonna. So. Yeah, well, I, it's funny that you uh, like. I, I'm trying like the music you were playing at that show. Is it the stuff we're hearing now on uh, Malu, which is great, by the way? I'm just curious. Rel- yeah. Thank you. Yeah, rel- relatively. Yeah. So I, I got to give it up for um, my partner, Kaivita, who uh, is like the co-producer. I use something called a Tenorion, and we like decided that we would like go. But before that show, we were thinking of partnering up musically anyhow. So um, we started playing together kind of quietly in the background and then and then when I got the offer I was like oh we should both play this gig and honestly I think I I, like Kyle has like a very specific sound so our our sound together really really made the sound yeah I I can't take all the credit for this for sure well I want to get into the sound of the record in a moment but you mentioned the Tenorion can you for tell if people at home listening what is that thing what is it yes the Tenorion is a Japanese sequencer by Yamaha made, uh, there's a small run in production that was made of them. So, you know, they're far and few between now. Basically the man, I'm going to get his name wrong, but to- Toshio Aiwa, sorry, I forget, I have to say his name, I forget. It's okay, it's okay. Um, but um, yeah, he, he invented this. And kind of the cool thing that I really like about his work in general is he's in multimedia he was in video game design beforehand. And so the Tenorion has like these very specific sounds. Um, it's, it's the textures are all from this, this man's like brain. Like, so it, it's, it's curated with specific textures and the way to use the Tenorion is very, very, very challenging. But again, with all those limits and all those specifics unique to that instrument itself, it does, just has a unique sound and um 
Yeah, I, I absolutely love this aria. Yeah. So for those who haven't quite heard um, Malu yet, I've given them a little sample uh, uh, towards the top of the episode, but uh, I, I don't know how else to describe it. The sound is sort of bubbly. Yeah, that yeah, that's a great way to say. Yeah, a great way to yeah. put it. Yeah, it's got like a bloop, bloop, bloop. Like I, I, yeah, I've had it on uh, while I was taking a shower once, and I'm like, oh, is there a leak? Did something happen? <laughs> There's, is there water pouring everywhere? Am I in a bath all of a sudden? I like that. I thought, I thought I was just having a shower, but I clearly I'm having some sort of bubble bath. No, what, what is what? Uh, that's the nature of the sound, right? That's, and that's the nature of the sound. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like Japanese ambient music. If you listen to a lot of Japanese ambient music, you'll you'll start to sort of draw those. Because uh, I was actually during the pandemic, I was I was uh, listening to a lot of ambient music. Nothing with lyrics, nothing with vocals. Just to I don't know. It was some, there was something soothing, either no music or or ambient music. That was sort of my go to. But yeah, the the textures, everything is kind of outer worldly, video gamey to some way. There's like eight bitty sort of sounds, so it has that kind of vibe to it. Okay, so was sure. it the? I can understand why during a pandemic you would need something to calm you down, like ambient music or the music that you're making here. This is for those who don't know. This is a it's a departure for you to make sort of chilled out music, right? Probably, yeah, probably. I think every album is very different, which is probably a big no-no in terms of business. But I don't know; it's just what moves me. So it's like I'm feels trying to, right. I, yeah, I'm trying to characterize uh, the Melee Todd that I encountered often, you know, ten years ago. Okay, okay. How about this? Okay, oh, oh, uh, other Melee Todd albums, like yes, Melee Todd. This Melee Todd. This record. Yes, there you go. That's right. You've done it. You've encapsulated yourself perfectly. Yeah, there is a certain amount of amped up energy and sort of pop-oriented stuff going on. I hear the kind of pop craftspersonship here as well, but it is very chill and sedate, and you could, you know, you could totally just vibe out and calm yourself down by listening to this record in particular. Can you talk a little bit about that transition for you from the maniac you just impersonated to <laughs> Melee today? What why what what sure. prompted this shift? I you know uh, the Malu project was something happening in the background with its Norion for many many years. If you actually if anyone decided that they wanted to do this and search Malu, like you could find really old old performance videos with me and just the Tenorion from like 2015 or even maybe older, you know? And some of these songs, some of these songs made to the record that I wrote back then. So there's like kind of that side. One thing I'd like to say is like, I always have a side project that's just for me at home. Like where I'm like, I'm not going to release this. This is just for me. No one else is going to like see this. This is just a way to practice creativity or an expression um, and I enjoy it, you know, ultimately. So that was Malou for a very, very long time. But, but, like but, but is it something you make and keep to yourself or is it something you make and put out in a really quiet way? Do you know what I mean? It was, yeah, I guess it was something that I was making quietly, not like no one's going to hear this. I'm not going to release this ever. But I think um, like some people will be like, oh, I like, I, I like that song. Can I like shoot it or whatever? But I never pushed it with labels or I never pushed it to like play it live that much, you know, until like this opportunity came up. Okay. And Kyle, Kyle listened to a lot of the stuff. He's like, I like this. I like this instrument. You should totally be doing 
this stuff, you know, like, oh, nice. like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, so you really encourage that. So how do you marry the sound of what you're working on, like the soundscapes, if you will, the ambient and calming soundscapes with what you want to convey lyrically? Um, do you feel like there's a real, it seems chill. Like, I mean, like you're saying the, the your attack as a singer is different and it suits this music. Lyrically, were you trying to get at that calming sort of notion in what you were trying to convey? Yeah, so the album itself is from this avatar's perspective named Malu. And so Malu um, has these these lullabies that are these science science fiction lullabies that are all in this time and space called the Age of Energy. This is where, where everything happens, so in this like made-up time and space. And it's kind of Ghost in the Shelley where... Molu has some mainly Todd uh, rememberings, some habits. Mainly Todd is like kind of like the 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 stuff that we kind of all struggle with, you know, like mental health wise, yeah, you know. Yeah. And so I wanted to kind of like still have some earthly things that we as people can relate to, you know, um, earthly issues that we can relate to. So yeah, Malu talks about all their like mental health issues. Um, for example, one song, "Dream with You," is about Malou is trying to break up with certain aspects of their brain that doesn't serve them anymore. A lot of the songs, like Infinite Program, is a song about um, this planet that's like a conscious planet. And if the species are accountable for their self-awareness, doesn't mean that they have to be toxic positivity or whatever, um, toxic positive. But um, it just means that they have to have self-awareness and be accountable for their mental health. And then the planet will flourish. But if they ignore their self-awareness and their mental health, the, the planet deteriorates and eventually the planet will self-destruct. Right. I was inspired by Barbarella's Queen of the Galaxy, um, Matmos, which is like this lake that like just feeds off evil deeds and like gives back, gives nourishment to the species there. So I just kind of flipped the script and made it about a planet. Oh. Yeah, the whole album itself, you can listen to these tunes and it could just be like love songs or, you know, if you read between the lines, it's there are these like little stories. So in terms of your own personal experience, it sounds like there's, I mean, obviously it's personal expression, but does this, yeah, stem, does this, sure. does this stem from your own struggles, thoughts, ideas uh, about life these days? Yeah, absolutely. I think like, like this is probably the first time I feel comfortable talking about these sorts of things because it's not a, it's not as taboo to talk about. Um, I actually lost someone when I was writing the album. Jordan Daberlin is my cousin to suicide. Um, there's a lot of people in my family that aren't the most like mentally stable. Um, so a lot of my songs in the past, like besides like kind of the hits or the fun tunes, like baby's got it. A lot of the songs, actually, if you like read between the lines, a lot of them have to do with like mental health. I just never talked about it because I just maybe couldn't find the words or I'm embarrassed, you know, there's shame, all sorts of things. But now I really feel like, you know, during COVID, I feel like there's like a, we're all sort of going through this together, I think to some degree. And I, I think that people feel a little bit more isolated and alone, obviously, in their existence. So yeah. I'm hoping that this this album sort of shines some light to talk about these subjects more and um, allow people to feel like this is actually a part of the human experience. Yeah. You know, there's, it's, it's okay. Yeah. No, and I appreciate that. And I'm very sorry for your loss. 
losses and and i I hope you're okay um i just want to follow up on what you were saying about your your sort of older mode of expression which would be like when you talk about some of your hits and your more upbeat songs i guess is what you're also alluding to i know that sometimes you make things like that to stave off despair like you you everything sucks i'm gonna make something happy and that's gonna distract me and others from all the bad stuff like that's usually how it works so you've had that experience of like people don't know that I'm actually talking about something that's really dark and I put it in this sort of sugary package. And, and I assume that you get something out of that. Like you, you, uh, you've conveyed something and it's sort of getting something off your chest in a subtle way. Now you've had the opposite of exp- uh, sort of experience where you're making really chilled out music. It is getting into that serious stuff and it comes across a little more seriously. So on a therapeutic level, I wonder if you can compare the two for yourself. Like as a creative person, the one time, or in the past anyway, you would deal with these sorts of issues in a kind of a sunny, ha ha ha, you know, everything's horrible kind of sardonic way. And now you're dealing it a little more head on with a little more subtlety and subtext. Can you compare those two um, modes in terms of how they've affected you just therapeutically, like I got this out of my system and I've conveyed something. Can you speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. Everything is a process, I think, and everything has like a level of window of tolerance of comfort. Um, so I think th- those past selves were really helpful because I got to express it through an artistic way, regardless if everybody was in on the secret or not. You know, so I got to at least express it and not run a- run away from it. I- I didn't feel like I was avoidant, but maybe, you know, in time, maybe I could look back and really be like, oh, maybe, maybe I was like mildly avoidant. But right now it feels like it was the time. And, and I feel like I was such a different person then, to be honest. I feel like I was a very different person. Like I felt like, um, definitely more joyous, you know, I, I I think that we get older and we get more jaded. I hate this. It might be the only one. I, I, I really think it's the opposite. You should be able to, you should be retired until you're 60. And then you should start, <laughs> then you should just be able to do whatever you want until you're 60 and have fun. And then when your body starts to slow down, you start to be like, okay, I guess I have to work. Like, and, and you right. know, like, I mean, I'm going to put, put pace on the Yeah, wall. like it's, the, like, you, you hear so many cases of my mother who's fine, but like was close to retirement. And then was diagnosed with breast cancer, and that was oh, a horrible, horrible time for us. But she's she's okay. But like it, you hear it all the time. It's like a cliche in cop, yeah. cop movies, right? Where they say the cop, the detective's like, "Ah, it's my last day," and then they're like, like they go, they get you know murdered or something. <laughs> but it's sort of true in life. Like we work so hard, and then by the time you're at that age where you should be able to relax, you get some illness or your body. Fa- anyway, it's really bizarre. So I appreciate that you're a different person, uh, and that, that that resonates with me. But uh, yeah, well, I'm I'm happy that you're feeling like this is the climate to express such things because that I think so. That's been quite yeah, a sh- yeah. that's been quite a shift in terms of what people are willing. I think likewise, consumers sometimes are like, I don't want to delve into that dark shit. I just want to watch. A, sure. I just want to watch a comedy right now, please. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which makes sense, which totally yeah. is allowed to and makes sense for sure. Like I love, I love comedy and I think comedy is a great recipe yeah. for a lot of these kind of kinds of thoughts and being satirical and spinning stuff around, you know, cause there's a lot of madness in the world. Right. And there's nothing that's sometimes some things there's, we just can't, 
control where sometimes just one person, you know? So there's just at least like optics. We have optics. We have a point of view. We can create art. It's interesting you bring that part up because I was watching the beautiful video for Show Me yesterday, which is great. Uh, it is, I, I don't know it's, enough about this stuff. I'm old and also I don't care about stuff sometimes. I've decided. <laughs> like when, great, when, well, like as we're speaking, Mark Zuckerberg and the Facebook people are kind of being ridiculed by some comedians about their whole metaverse thing. Right. Because when they show the demos, it's some sort of VR thing. And those of us who are like, I don't have time for this. There's always a new thing. I can't handle There's this. There's always a new thing. Yeah. Yeah. So the VR thing is kind of being ridiculed uh, on some level. But then when I watched your video, is it a VR oriented idea? There are there are two. So Show Me is um, like three dimensional. It's like 3D, a 3D animation. Oh. And then okay. Infinite is actually in VR, the second music video. And yeah, so there are so many, so, there's so much to unpack with, with the metaverses, uh, with like um, decentralizing power, with uh, when that can look in, look very different in crypto spaces, in non-fungible tokens, in Web3. Like there's just so much information. I actually got into VR very heavily during the pandemic. I was working before the um the pandemic, I was working in uh, for a company called Occupied VR. I wasn't doing any of the technical stuff, meaning I wasn't like crafting anything or making any animation. I didn't know how to do that yet. But I was on like world building and, you know, digital mascotting, voiceover, motion cap and stuff like that. Then the pandemic hit and I just started learning how to 3D model. So that I made that um, show me music video. I made like, uh, you know, over the pandemic took a long time because I there's lots of troubleshooting but just to go back to the vr stuff so vr kind of saved my mental health in the pandemic i'm not oh gonna i lie. see okay yeah i i was alone and the only way i could meet up with people there's a lot of things in vr a lot of apps you can just play games you can also do meditations you can also meet up in boardrooms and so me and my partner we like met up in virtual reality and like started working in virtual reality for like this project um, well, 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 just a second, though. Sorry, Melee. I'm I'm very dumb. What does that mean? No, so you, you're not. So you, well, no. So okay, here's my. Okay, you'll find out how dumb I am. So you put on the glasses, right? And then you're on the computer, right? Yes. And then you meet mm-hmm. up in a boardroom. So you're viewing your. Are you viewing your avatar meeting with the person, or are you just viewing the other person's avatar? Okay, so when you go into VR and say you look down at your hands, remember Lawnmower Man? <laughs> oh, get, yeah, vaguely. Yeah, yeah, see, yeah, sure. Yeah, you see, your or hackers, like you see your Lawnmower Man hands, okay? Um, and, and it looks better than Lawnmower Man. Let's just put it that okay, way. Okay, like sure. The technology got better. Yeah. So you can see your own avatar. If there is a mirror in front of you, you can see what you look like. Different apps have different av- avatars that you can customize if you like. And then I would go into something called Spatial, which is like an app. And then I would see my partner, who is who is an avatar. And then um, let's just say this is me and this is them. So um, for radio's sake, let's just say you can see you can see your partner or the person that you're meeting up with as an avatar in this 360 space. Okay. So basically, like it looks like if you're to look around the room that you're in right now, it looks exactly like that. Mind you, everything's like digital like everything looks a little lawnmower manny yeah. if you will the good thing about vr that i really really like is that there are a lot of social apps so i could meet up with like coders from all over the world and we would just sit christmas i like hung out at like a digital bar 
and like drank at my home in, you know, in Toronto, I was drinking um, and just like hanging out with all these people I just met. And we'd go and we'd do karaoke, we'd pull up a big screen and we'd do karaoke. Like it saved me for like the social aspect. That's the other thing that I, that's cool. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, Yeah, it's cool. The other thing that's really, really great about Zoom versus VR, there's in VR, there's spatial sound. So in Zoom, when you've got 20 people doing a party or something, everyone's talking, everyone's just talking. At yeah, you. yeah, yeah. But in VR, you can like do what you do in real life. You can walk up to a, a small group of people. I don't hear that other group that I just left. They're far, they're, the distance from where I am is true to wow. um, like in real life. So I like that. And then but lastly, do you, lastly. Do you, but do you physically get up in your house and walk to a different room? You can. So there's two modes. You can either um, create these virtual walls so you don't run into like a wall or anything in your actual house. So a screen will pop up, like a like a gate will pop up and be like, if you go further, like you're going to pop into something. Yeah. Or you can use um, like a, there's like a toggle jump mode on your on your control that you can like just like jump forward and get closer to that person. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I think I interrupted um, you. You were going to say one more thing, though. Yeah. Yeah. One yeah. last thing that I thought was actually really interesting about VR versus like social media. If you have any kind of debate going on, like I don't uh, typically I just don't actually um, really yeah, sure. dive into any debates online, the comment section, but it's different. I can actually hear you, see you, and we can actually come to an understanding Oh, you in can VR. Ha- okay. And if we don't, then we don't. But people are a little bit nicer in person than they are in a comment section. Yeah, of course. I've noticed. I, well, no, I mean, yeah. that's that's a major issue we have is that the comment section has come to life, though. Uh, totally. That's what I think is happening. Like the things you wouldn't say to someone to their face, you feel emboldened to say. But you're saying in VR, people are generally pretty kind. I, I, I guess I wonder, like, I appreciate that explanation. I sound like a, I don't know what's going on, but I don't care. I don't. You said yeah, web. Exactly. You all, yeah, exactly. At one point, you said Web three, and I'm like, oh no, what's Web three? I don't even know what that is. But anyway, <laughs> don't worry about it. okay. Don't well, worry. no, it sounds like a secret that I should know about. <laughs> my son, my son does some of this sort of stuff with like not really. I like bet he does. Minecraft. I bet he does. A lot of like. There. Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, those Minecraft kids, because my my nephew is a Minecraft kid. They're like they're the future. There's all these like Second Life platforms, and they're just getting seasoned for you know like, we, this whole next level we have my and it's good it's good that he's plugged in we it's have my like, parents generation's worry sometimes comes up because our son is spending so much time up there but then we get their report card and they've got straight a's and they're they're also like yeah i'm killing it on minecraft like you have no idea and i you know for me killing it on a video game was like i scored goals on nhl 94 that's not accomplishing anything. It's just like I could see your parent. My parents were like, "That's a goddamn waste of your time." Like I would be like, "Yes, it is," but like, yeah, with with the with my kids, they seem to be developing skills. So I'm trying to go with that yeah. and be chill and not be yeah. like, "Oh, they're playing video games." What I was going to ask though, like I appreciate the uh, sort of 101 lesson. It sounds disorienting to some extent to be doing VR. Do you get like nosebleeds? Does it like? <laughs> Does it fuck you up? No. No, okay. No, you can get motion sickness. Oh, you can. You can get motion sickness. Yeah. Yeah, so just don't do like roller coasters and fly. Like don't fly. I don't do that in real life. I don't even do that in real life. I avoid it at all costs. (laughs) There you go. Okay. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah, yeah. But 
But yeah, you could even, if you wanted to, let's say you have a fear of something heights. That's like a great, VR is a great, 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 great platform to oh. get season to heights or whatever, flying or whatever. It's like, um, there, there's, I remember going to this, like in Miami, there was a, this digital fest I used to go to. I forget what it's called now, but I used to go every year and mind you, this was like 10 years ago. So it was cool because I always go for like these, like, uh, like any future tech stuff. I'm always fascinated so uh, that was the first time I learned about empathic VR. So you can actually, like, I, I remember Syria, the, everything happening in Syria right. was happening around that time. Right. So they, they simulated what happens in Syria, like what happened. And it was terrifying. It was like, it was so terrifying. But it was like, I was more uh, aware of um, kind of the experience, you know. Uh, clearly, I had like a little more empathy for so in a there. sense it's become you know vr stands for virtual reality but it's becoming a little less virtual like it feels more real to you like it, it has real world applications yeah exactly yeah. exactly and i i do think when people talk about metaverse and stuff like that it could be you're submerged in the second life or you can kind of just look at your phone if your life is being dictated by your phone and, and it is you know like people's psychology is being messed with because uh social media yeah, platforms. Yeah. So it's like, we are also like curating, you know, our social media. We are influenced. If someone says something that's hurtful or we see something that's hurtful, it has real life implications. It can actually affect us, you know? So I think just a little bit more education and more like mental health on, on these platforms and how to use them. I'll quote Neil deGrasse Tyson here now. It's 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 and I'm gonna probably get it wrong, but something along the lines of like to dismiss something or to accept something is lazy thinking. So you just have to ask questions and educate yourself. You know, yeah. like um, I think that's like kind of the way to go for for me is like if I'm if I'm interested to have the space for it, obviously. But um, like yeah, if if there's interest in in these platforms, definitely like get a little bit of education so you kind of know and you can make informed choices of what you want to do with this stuff. Absolutely well said. So in terms of Malu, I it appealed to me. I found it compelling. Do you this is gonna be maybe a weird question, but do you think people who have a penchant for the stuff we've been talking about, VR, other technological uh I don't want to say escapism, but let's call it that for now. Is that an okay word to use or is that insulting? Um, I don't know. I guess it depends on what you use it for. Yeah, okay. it's like if you're using it to escape, then that's one thing. But if you're using it to engage, it's another too. Yeah, I, I miss. Again, I like, feel like I misspoke. I don't know the. the I don't know the nomenclature. <laughs> it just depends on the. Again, I think it just depends on what the person's intention is, right? Yeah, fair enough. If you're using it to escape, like if you're watching Netflix and binging it. Like that's like a form of escapism. If you're like doing drugs, a form of escapism. And I, I don't think that's necessarily bad too. Cause we, again, we have these windows of tolerances of what we can involve ourselves yeah. in um, mentally, what are our capacities, you know? So escapism, you know, isn't necessarily bad. You just have to know, I hate using the word bad and good also. Sorry. Um, I'm just going to find better language. No, it's, but, it's um, my fault. I use, I think I, I knew I was saying maybe the wrong thing, but what I was getting at though is uh, I find your record compelling do you think like uh, VR people, if you will, would find it particularly suited to them just because of the sounds of it? Or do you just view it as this is for anyone and anyone should get it? I, again, it's sort of a dumb question, but I just wonder if like, you know, maybe my son, who's like a computer person, 
they might particularly like get it. Do you know what I'm getting at? Just like the sound of it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Just because the sounds are like kind of video games and so it can kind of relate to Computer, it's, it's who, synthesized. Oh. Like we, we listen to so much synthesized music, but this feels, it, yeah. I will say like it's a very unique, I can't remember hearing a record like yours. Like I, I can't, I can't nice, think of right. one that sounds this, this sort of synthesis uh, I've just not heard. Like I'm used to synthesized music, but this seems unique in that regard. So I don't know. It's a weird, maybe dumb question. Obviously, you want anyone to be able to no. relate to it, but stop saying sorry. dumb. And sorry, you're not okay. I'm, I'm, I'm just. I can't yeah. stop. I can't stop saying it myself. But do you do you think <laughs> like that? Here's an example. My friend Jim Guthrie makes uh, soundtracks for video games, and more than his solo work as a indie rock guy, hotcakes. He can't keep them in stock. Like video game people are like, I want the soundtrack. I will buy. He he can't keep up with the vinyl mail order. They're gone. That's what I'm getting at. Do you think there's an audience for this that is that might so. be that might be beyond the audiences you've had before? Yeah, I oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. So, I'm um yeah, I'm going to be participating in a Twitch channel a little bit more, which is like again a video game platform yep. predominantly was for video games. And yeah, like my interests again over the pandemic have like shifted into like future tech, AR and VR. So, Overall, that's sort of where my interests lie. And I do hope that my demographic expands to those kind of worlds, too. And my networks um, expand to those places because it's just so fascinating. You know, um, I'm, I'm like very interested in like these like platforms. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm happy for you because I it's always nice to see someone uh, still doing stuff like uh, like I am. Like I just it's nice to reconnect. Yeah. And, and the fact that you are in this sort of mode of reinvention in a very healthy way, I think is great. And Thanks. I know you live with a mouse eating snake, but I'm sure that won't last forever. You won't <laughs> yeah, be, like two, you won't be feeding, got two more weeks you here. won't be feeding the snake uh, forever. Um, <laughs> so if people want to learn more about this, four mice will die. Four more, four mice, more mice will, will die. die. Yes. Uh, under my, under my, under my name. Just my name. monstrous stuff going on there. <laughs> Should put the VR glasses on the snake. See if they can think it's eating the mice. Just some weird, like, Oh, I think there's a mouse. I think I ate. I feel sort of full. Did I eat? Why is my nose bleeding? Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, okay, so if people want to learn more about you... I can just think think you could save some mice's lives if you just... You know what's, you know what's weird? It's just really touch on that because you, you're speaking a truth. There's like a farmer who puts like VR headsets on his... Um, cows um to make them feel like they're outside in the wild and like they like love oh wow like okay more milk and stuff yeah all right so we may have just invented snake vr uh <laughs> try to get that going we need a patent on this uh before someone steals yeah, our we gotta get a patent. someone steals yeah. our idea so <laughs> if people want to learn more so silly. if people want to learn more about you and malu and any other future plans you have if i don't America is different, although it's opening up here in Canada as we're speaking too. So there could be tour dates and all those sorts of things. Yeah. Uh, where, first of all, if you can expand upon those questions, if you've got any future plans, but beyond that, also, where can people go to learn more about them? Yeah, um, you can go to www.mainlytod.com. Um, you can also go to my Instagram, Twitter. I do have a Twitch channel that uh, will be up, and uh, I'll also be showing sort of the background, like um, technically how a lot of the things have been playing out. So there's 
there'll be some like educational things going on on that site. Yes, so everything's just under my name, Bailey Todd, M-A-Y-L-E-E-T-O-D-D. Okay, cool. And do you have tour dates? Any other things coming up? Yes, so I have a tour with um, this wonderful musician named Jerry Paper in June. And that is um, in June, where are we? 6th, 10th, 11th, 13th, and 15th. Oh, nice. Good for you. Fingers crossed for all these plans, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah. So todd.com to keep up with all of that stuff and, and your socials. Okay. Now, if there's a song from Malu that we can go out on so people get a full flavor of what we've been talking about, can you pick one and tell us why you chose it? Okay. Let's, uh, let's play Infinite Program. Yeah. It's about a programmable planet. Please check out the video on YouTube. You can also check it out on your phone and and move the phone around and explore the environments, kind of like Pokemon Go style. Um, So, yeah, infinite program. Okay. I appreciate the explanation. It sounds like it's very interactive as well. Yes. It's it's maybe intimate and interactive. By the way, is the VR world clothing optional or something? Do you have to... (laughs) I just find there's a. I'm like, why isn't anyone wearing clothes? It's. I'm not there's a prude. There's clothes in there. I don't know. There's, Sometimes I'm seeing it. I'm like, I don't. What do people forget their clothes anyway? No, everyone's ma- got clothes on. Uh, maybe I was in the Playboy Mansion VR. I'm sorry. I didn't know yeah. what was going on. Okay, sorry about that. Anyway, okay. This is brand new music uh, by Melee Todd uh, from the record uh, Malou. This is Infinite Program. Melee, thank you so much. For this is lovely. Like I, I care about you immensely. It's been so long yeah. since we've spoken, so it's just yeah, been lovely too. to reconnect. I hope you enjoyed yourself, and best of luck Absolutely. in the future. Yeah, you too, buddy. It's really great to see you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy for you too. The move and all, and your fam. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. That was a lot of fun to reconnect with Maley Todd. I really enjoyed that. Thank you, Maley, for being on this, the 600 and... 76th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One podcast network and is available wherever you all get your podcasts. If you can't find an episode you're looking for, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my monthly newsletter, please visit my website, vishkana.com. You can also like Creative Control and follow it, I think. Is following and liking on Facebook? You can do both, right? You can follow and like the show on Facebook. We have a thing, a page. You can also follow us on Twitter at Vish Creative, or you can follow me directly on Twitter and on Instagram at Vishkana. Also, please visit patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation to sustain this podcast. If you're depending on how you're hearing the show, I hope you haven't paid a cent for it. It's free on all the major podcast platforms. They don't pay us to make them. We just, they give us the space, I guess. I don't know. That's the weird agreement we have. We'll make everything and do all the work and give it to you, and you will profit from it, but we don't necessarily get it unless we can cobble together some ads, which some I get a little bit of that, but not much. And then, which is with the company I work with, this is too much information. But the, the main thing is the Patreon. That is money that I get directly. They get their little cut. They're a big company. But if you go to patreon.com slash creative control, that's... That's compensating me a little bit for the work I do for free otherwise. And like I say, you can make a flexible monthly donation. Anyone who pledges six American dollars or more, I know I'm in Canada, but it's come to my attention that it's like eight bucks Canadian. Anyway, sorry, it says six dollars on the tier system thing. Anyone who pledges six American dollars or more a month, you get access to exclusive content from the current show, current episodes. There's like going to be some Maley Todd bonus content, us just talking about something for a few minutes that didn't make it onto the show. I've been asking people about their current obsessions, and sometimes that goes long, sometimes it's short. As I recall, this one's a bit short, but still, it's bonus content. Or I dip into my audio archives, and I and I, and I I give you something from the past that I'm a bit sheepish about presenting, but I figure, hey, the interview person is interesting, so I'm going to share it. Anyway, $6, six American dollars or more grants you access to that, all that stuff. And if you're interested in receiving a Creative Control t-shirt, just message me on Patreon, and I'll get you one while supplies last. Thanks again to the fine Alberta record retailer Blackbird Music, which you can learn more about and place special orders at uh, via their website there, blackbird.ca. Also thanks to Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee, respectively, in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario, for their in-kind support for this show. Thanks, as always, to Jim Guthrie. I referenced him in this episode. 
He lends me music for the show. You can learn more about Jim at jimguthrie.org. And finally, thank you for listening to this episode with Maley Todd and for subscribing to this podcast and following it and telling your friends all about it. And maybe they'll do the same and spread the word about it. It means a lot. And otherwise, I will talk to you very soon. I hope you're doing as well as uh, can, you can possibly be doing in this weird dystopia we call the world these days. Take care of yourselves. Be well. Be healthy. Be safe. I will talk to you soon. Goodbye for now. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.